Hello and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Michael Hamilton, better known as the Kaiju Groupie. And today I have friend of the podcast and, well, personal friend, Mr. Kaiju Conversations himself, Elijah Thomas. How are you doing, man? Just great and great job on that intro. You really got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I finally nailed it on like the sixth time. It's it, but it's all good. I was just telling you I was telling you just now if Travis would ever just let me do the intro every now and then, I would have more practice. It's more fun just sitting here listening to you try after try and, you know. <laughs> Right, because uh, automatically I'm just wanting to go straight into the intro for my show, um, which that's just sort of a, a habit, of course, because like I said, Travis always does the epi- does. Yeah, see there, I'm already screwing it up again. <laughs> um, he always does the intro to this show, and so I never get any practice. But, you know, like I said, sixth time is the charm. So, um but yeah, how are you doing, man? You doing okay? I'm doing just fine, and I'm really excited to be here today. Um, what we're going to discuss, in case it's not obvious by now, um, Michael, I am obsessed with the releases of these films, physically. Um, overly, uh, uh, just thinking off the top of my head, I have like six copies of Revenge of Iris. Um, oh boy, So okay. I don't know if it's obsession or hoarding or collecting, but it's one of those three or all of them. It's probably a little bit of everything <laughs> at this point. But yeah, you have probably one of the most extensive uh, Kaiju DVD Blu-ray collections I have ever seen. Uh, so I thought it would be a great opportunity to have you come on. And you and me, we're going to discuss uh, a little bit about this uh, this little little box set that everyone's been getting their hands on. Yeah, uh, I guess you could say everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we 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 were just talking about it, and I know we're not going to harp on it too much, but apparently, this this release is a lot more limited than what we even anticipated. But I think it what this is my theory. Arrow did not anticipate the popularity of this box set, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, from what I've heard, because I've I, I've been obsessed with this release since it was first announced um, mm-hmm. sometime last year. Um, James sure. Flower, the guy that made or w- was the producer of the set, they mm-hmm. made eight thousand copies of it. That's as much what? as they made. Um, five thousand for the U.S., three thousand for the U.K. Um, okay. Now, when they announced this set, they didn't think, oh, because Gamera's been a B-rate monster. Let's be honest, Gamera's a B-rate monster compared to Godzilla. He is. Yeah. Um, and Arrow, I mean, he's still far. He's still part of the Four Horsemen, though, of, right, of Kaiju, right. which the which would be Godzilla, Gamera. Uh, Kong and uh, Ultra. I I I call I I put Ultraman on that list because you know Ultraman is Ultraman. So. Right. Um. Definitely. Um. But and you know, uh, not to discredit Gamera, but nobody thought this set was going to be amazing. Like nobody expected this set to be Amazon bestseller week of pre-orders. Um, right. So Arrow produced what they decided on producing 8,000 mm. copies and within a week of it coming out, they sold fi- all 5,000 units in the U S and almost all 3,000 in the UK. Right now I did notice cause I saw it on Twitter. Uh, I think, I think it was someone who works at arrow or arrow or the arrow account themselves said that they still had some copies available on their site. But as of, I want to say Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday, they're even sold out on the Arrow site at this point. I I know I'm probably going to get some flack for this, but I see that as a great thing. And here's mm-hmm. why. Gamera is not as big as Godzilla, yet it can sell out every single copy it made. And sure. it, it, it's 
been a huge seller. Arrow never expected this. Um, in this set, the way it's sold now, when the standard mm. edition comes out, it's going to be an, um, another bestseller. Mm. And I almost guarantee you, Arrow's looking at this and they're like, if Gamera can do good in Warning from Space, we'll see how that does. Mm. Um, we're going to license more Dae films. Let's get Daimajin. You know, yeah. and that's awesome. I want right. that. And you, you can, uh, you can already find copies of Message from Space, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you can find them on our favorite site to buy Blu-rays and DVDs, and you can also, I want to say, is that is that DVD available? I know this is a little off topic, but is that DVD Blu-ray available on Arrow at this so, point, or is it still under pre-order? I believe it comes out mid-October. Um, okay. So I think it's still on pre-order. Yeah. And a little bit of background on Arrow Video. They sort of, if anyone's not familiar with them, because when this when this set was first announced, I had, I honestly had no clue who Arrow was. And so from when I did some digging and a little bit of research, they specialize in genre films. They specialize in sort of B-movie, uh, lesser known genre films. Mm-hmm. And Gamera... I want to say is, is one of their flagship uh, properties at this point uh, because of the popularity that this particular set has had. Now you did mention just, you did mention briefly that there's going to be a standard edition coming out sometime in the next few months. Right. Uh, So, but for this conversation, we're going to be talking about sort of the our we're going to be giving sort of our thoughts, first impressions, and everything else in between on the actual set that you and I got, which was the uh, complete collection, which is which features like I think it's like it's a comic, it's a collection of comics, it's a retrospective book, it's the Blu-rays, it's uh, cards, it's a map, it's all the things that a fan of this genre and a fan of Gamera would ever want in a box set. So I'm going to ask you just, you've probably spent way more time with this set than I have. I've had it for about a week, uh, probably the same with you, but I'm sure you have spent way more time with it than I have. What are your first impressions? It's hard to think of what exactly I want to say, but Mm. I think um, cause I work at a place I got to see it before it came out. It was, right. it was put on hold for me specifically. Right. Um, I think my first impressions were, oh my God, this thing is beautiful. <laughs> um, mm. and the moment I opened it up and I started really digging into what they included, um, mm. as an example, um, the UK dub of Gamera Guardian of the Universe, which we talked oh, about prior to this. We were. Yeah, we were just talking about it. Um, I really fanboyed because, uh, you know, uh, it's not like this major revelation special feature, but mm-hmm. it's the, the thought that we, the United, uh, the United States, is getting a dub made from a UK company. Mm-hmm that nobody ever expected to see over here officially on a box set with almost everything else from every release. It Mm -hmm. it was just mind boggling that arrow actually cared about camera. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one thing I'm really, really, I, I, I felt from the moment I saw the box set was Arrow doesn't, you know, we're going to put 50% effort into this and we're going to make money off of it. They Mm -hmm. put the time, effort, and money into each of these releases. And when they say they're releasing something, they're releasing Mm -hmm. it. They're not going to give us a lackluster criterion release. Um, (laughs) I watch it now. Come on. (laughs) Um, so, I, I if I had to sum up basically this monologue, um, the words I would use are, wow, is this a real thing? And this is beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, when I first saw, because Travis and I covered this ex- off and on, I wouldn't say we, I, I, I won't say that we covered it every week on the podcast during our news section, but we did cover it a lot. Same with all the other giant monster podcasts, all the, all of our other friends out there, we talked about this mm-hmm. and we, it was still sort of in speculation on whether or not we would get a U.S. release for a while. We thought maybe there at one point it was, it was going to be UK only or Japan only, or cause I, I saw at some point I even saw um, it was going to be Japan only um, which I thought was weird since, since after I did my research on who Arrow is, they're a UK company, so it would make sense for them to release a UK only version because I know I know sometimes that happens. Um, but for them to only release a Japan only version, them being a UK company seemed a little bit odd. So that rumor was not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the very moment, I'm like you, from the very moment that this set was announced officially, we'd always we'd heard rumors about it for a while. Uh, from the very moment it was announced officially, I was in. I was like, I'm just give me, just give me the pre-order date, give me the pre-order price. I don't care what it is. I'm a giant monster fan. I mean, for Christ's sake, my 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 podcast name, my online name is the Kaiju Groupie. Of course, I got to get it right. Um, so I was all in day one, and I honestly had not watched hardly any Gamera films. Oh boy, for several years. I I know Travis and I covered, um, we covered Guardian of the Universe, which I think was the AIP. I watched the AIP dub. Uh, He watched the Japanese version. And we covered um, uh, Gamma versus Gauss to contrast the, to compare and contrast the two. And up to that point, I mean, the only exposure to Gamma I've ever had was like at, two o'clock in the morning on MST3K uh, on whatever channel you could find that show on. Usually I think it was at the time the sci-fi channel, Mm -hmm. but I was super excited, man. I I, I had already, I was telling you last night when we were talking about, I mean, this is sort of spur of the moment episode here. Uh, We wanted to go ahead and put this out, uh, this discussion. And I told you, man, I'd already, sort of went through the Toho catalog for the most part. There are a few Toho films that I'm yet to see, but for the most part, I had already been through the entire Toho Kaiju catalog. And so I was itching for something else. And so when the Gamera set first was announced for pre-order, it was like day one, boom, Amazon got it done, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I was excited. I've been excited ever since. It is amazing that Arrow can put out, what they can you know criterion had 200 people mm-hmm. and look what they put out compared to arrow well i want to be fair here because that that's not all on criterion True. i know it's 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 common knowledge now i think since we've had that set since october of last year i think it's con- i think it's fair to say that that cannot that that cannot be 100% late at Criterion's feet. Criterion's feet. There we go. Um, Toho had a hand in sort of limiting the amount of content we got on that set as well. Right. Um, which it's kind of, it's really sad because, you know, I appreciate the fact that Kaidawa, Dae, um, whichever you want to call them, they understand that the fans in America do matter. And mm-hmm. they, you know, they, I mean, they, they put their foot down on stuff like uh, Hideaki Anno's Gamera 3 documentary, um, a mockumentary about uh, Gamera and like the animals, like a Animal Planet special thing. Um, mm-hmm. and the- Although I really wish I would have, I really wish they would have included that because I think that would have been hilarious. It, it would have been funny. I would have loved that. Um Gamera for the truth, which that's copyright issues. So I'm not, that's, right. that would have been really right. hectic. And then the Gamera 2015 trailer. Those are the only things they put their foot down and said, we will not let you release these. Everything right. else they're like, sure, you want it? Go for it. We don't care. And I love yeah. that. I love that mentality that Kaidoa has. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think that I think the problem with Toho was they wanted to control it so they wanted to control that release so much because Godzilla is a major property for it is their brand at mm-hmm. this point. It is a Godzilla is a worldwide brand at this point. Um so which which rabbit trail here it's funny because that Godzilla museum where they, they use the Japanese or no, I'm sorry, they use the English word Godzilla instead of the uh, Japanese Gojira for their logo, which shows, which basically just shows me that Toho is seeing Godzilla as sort of an international brand and they're sort of leaning into that. Right. Uh, but that's, that's criteria and that's Toho. What I'm saying about the Gamera set I'm so happy that Daie, Katakawa, however, whatever, um, leaned so heavily into giving the fans something that we were going to go crazy over. Mm -hmm. Because this this release here, I think it's safe to say, you know, as far as my first impressions go, this is a set for kaiju fans. This is a set for Gamma fans, kaiju fans. Uh, comic book fans, because if you love Matt Frank, if you love the Matt, Fra- if you love Matt Frank's artwork, it's all over this set. I mean, he did basically everything that I can see, uh, except for maybe even except for the kaiju um, illustrations in the back of the retrospective. He didn't do any of those, mm-hmm. but everything else is all Matt Frank. So if you're a fan of that, if you're or if you're a fan of his work, and if you're a fan of Gamera, and if you're a fan of just the kaiju genre in general. I mean, come on, this, this set is a no brainer. If you were, I mean, it's a no brainer for the folks that was able to pick it up. I should mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to remember who said this and it might've been your, you know, it might've been in the conversation we were in, but mm-hmm. the arrow set was made for Kaiju fans. Like you said, um, mm-hmm. and then the criterion set to defend it, it was made for a criterion fan base. Um, because Criterion has its own fandom. Um, it does, and it's it's not a oh we're releasing this for collectors. This is these films are special, and they are on our list of definitive films. Everybody should admire for artwork or something. Um, so you know, I as much as I do like to you know. Um, complain about the criterion sets and so forth in its defense it wasn't made for kaiju fans it was more made as a oh look this is these films are now considered higher than most Mm -hmm. um which gamera can't be considered that (laughs) um but yeah, well, it, de- it depends. On, okay, so it depends on who you talk to because at the time of this recording, I made it all the way through Zigra. And now I, I, I but I, but I started my, I started the set with the Heisei trilogy too. Mm-hmm. So the only thing, the only films that I have not seen out of, uh, out of this set yet were, are The Brave from 2006 and Super Monster. So those are the only two films that I've wa- that I have not watched out of this set. But but yeah, like I was telling you last night, the restorations on these films, especially the Showa era films, are so good, but they come with really they come with one really big flaw whereas where I can see every single wire Right on these guys, <laughs> uh, which is really comical. But I, you know, to me, if you're already a fan of this genre, you're going to be able to ignore that anyway. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and you know, I personally, the only flaws I cons, you know, whatever you want to call it, my negative thoughts of the set really reside in most of the spe- or in some of these special features themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you brought up the color in these films um, mm-hmm. before we were uh, recording. The color, yeah, the, sure. the uh, quality of them, um, the artwork, everything, it's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. You can tell that people spent time when making this, and they, they took real good care. Um, yeah. I know the transfers. Uh, well, actually, I'll get, I'll get into that later. 
that's going down a rabbit hole of past releases. <laughs> yeah, we'll touch. We'll, we'll, I, I want to, during this conversation, I did plan on touching a little bit on past releases and sort of comparing this set with, say, what Mill Creek put out in, what is it, 2002, 2004? Um, so Shout did it in 2010 to 2011. And then uh, Mill Creek did 2010 through 2014. Okay. All right. Just wanted to be clear there. But uh, before we get into sort of that, I want to kind of touch on some of the, our least, I want to touch on some of our least and favorite features of this box set. So Elijah, I'm going to ask you, what are some of your favorite, well, let's start with least favorite. What are some of your least favorite features of this box set? Um, so for the most part, I really love all the special features. Um, one of the flaws is the audio is a little quiet for a lot of August Ragone's uh, introductions mm -hmm. and his commentaries and other commentaries too. But mm -hmm. the biggest, the worst special features in my opinion are um, Richard Pusagari, I think is his last name. I, I, I can't remember that. Close often. enough. Yeah. yeah. I saw the name. So close enough. <laughs> um, his commentary for super monster. I, hated it and mm -hmm. then the guy i th i'm trying to edward I, I don't remember the guy that recorded the jiger commentary um i i could not stand them and the reason why is they're pointing out everything that's happening on screen they're not giving us info they're not giving us facts it's straight up mm -hmm. oh Jiger is now attacking Gamera. Yeah. And I cannot stand that. Yeah. It's basically, they're not really providing any, <clears throat> they're not providing any commentary on sort of behind the scenes. They're just basically giving you a play by play. I, I get what you're saying there. Right. I have not listened to a lot of the commentary. I did check out some of the commentary on Legion. Mm -hmm. uh, Kyle Yount from Kaiju Cast is on that one. Mm -hmm. uh, and his commentary was really good. Mm -hmm. His commentary was for Legion was very good, but Kyle is one of those that likes to go into sort of the history of the film, sort of the history surrounding Gamera a little bit, and then kind of make comments on, on Kaiju design, you know, sort of the tokusatsu mechanics and stuff like that. Uh, so he, from what I heard of his, it was really good. Now, as for, I can't really speak to any of the Showa era commentary because I sort of just wanted to watch those films as they were uh, presented to me without the commentary. I'm sure that I will go back and listen to those at some point uh, after I've kind of went through the entire set and processed everything. Yeah. And I, I, I personally, when it comes to commentaries, Kyle's, Matt Franks, Edgar Juzeski, Steve Rifle, Keith Aiken, Bob Johnson, Stuart Galbraith, August Ragone. All of their commentaries, I adored and I loved everything they did. Um, David Callett, I love his personality. I really enjoyed his Guiron commentary. Um, now, I'm not going to condemn him for this, um, but he did talk about Godzilla a lot in that commentary. Like, mm -hmm. a lot, a lot. Um, you could tell... Kallet is a Godzilla scholar. He knows Godzilla so well. Right. A, you can tell Gamera's a little outside of his element. Um, well, to be fair, uh, to be fair, though, Gamera's a little bit outside of... A little bit outside of all of our elements, true. to... To be honest, uh, now I, I'm not going to try to speak for everybody because, like we, like I said at the top of this episode, Gamera has its friends, or Gamera has its fans too, uh, and people that know way more about Gamera than even I do. Like, and I talked about Henry; he's a big, huge fan of of Gamera, and so he would probably know way more than about Gamera than I do personally, and even the guys from Monsters vs. Men at this point probably know a lot more about Gamera than I do mm -hmm. because they've went through their Gamera series. But <clears throat> yeah, we're all, I feel like in this genre of film, or if you like kaiju films, you're typically a Godzilla fan first. Right. But I see what you're saying there. It was sort of doing the film a disservice by talking about 
Godzilla so much instead of focusing in on Gamera and his role and the role he played and the role this franchise played within the kaiju community. Right. Um, and that's not to say the commentary is bad. I, I really enjoy it. Um, you can't really go wrong with the David Cowett commentary. Um, mm. And, you know, all of them I really liked except for the main two I brought up. And one of, I, I later learned that Matt Frank was one of the big components to making this set, which I feel like he should be thanked a lot more than he, he has been. Because um, he, he actually got Ed Gajuzeski, Steve Rifle, um, Kyle, uh, and a couple of others to do the commentaries. He's the one that really pushed for this complete set. For sure. Um, yeah, I think the reason they got... Um, Richard to do Super Monsters, he did a great commentary on Godzilla's Revenge. Like, he, he oh, okay. did amazing with that film. Yeah. So, for me, my least favorite, I, I would say, I would say my least favorite part of this set is some of the some of the dubs that I did watch. Now, I, I, I know it's sacrilege to say you you watched the dubs, but a lot of these dubs are what we grew up with as children. And so it was sort of like a nostalgia trip for me to rewatch some of these films that I literally haven't seen in decades, mm-hmm. but with the dubbing. And some of the, like I was telling you today, some of the dubbing's a little bit inconsistent. Like um, last night I watched uh, Gear On, and it switches back and forth between Japanese dubbing and English dubbing, which I thought was weird and inconsistent. I don't know if that was a mistake or if that was just the the dub that they were able to procure. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, other than a sort of the sort of other than sort of some audio issues like you talked about in some of the older films, especially some of the Showa era films. Um, I don't necessarily have a whole lot of complaints about this set. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I am going to kind of protect that dub, especially because I'm a dub fanboy. Dubs are mm. very of course. important. <laughs> um, and that's why I wanted you. That's why I wanted to have you because <laughs> you, you, you know your stuff. Um, so first I, I do want to say, and I forgot to bring this up. I think they missed out on a commentary for Gamera the Invincible. I don't know why they didn't get August Ragone to do one for that. Huge missed opportunity there. Um, but a lot of the AIP dubs, they didn't dub the entire film. Um, mm-hmm. What they did is they first watched the film in Japanese. And in the parts that were too violent, like we're on chopping Space Gaios up into small pieces Mm -hmm. um they didn't dub those so instead of putting the actual ai uh tv version on there they just you know compressed it into the japanese version um that's interesting which i i kind of because they have gamma the invincible um uh, what's barugan attack of the or return of the giant monsters um, mm-hmm. it, I, I, I don't remember Barugan and Ga- Gaios's, but basically they've got those three versions, um, the AITV versions, and they've got Destroy All Planets, if I remember correctly. No, they don't. They don't. My bad. Um, they, they missed out on two AITV versions, which is Guiron's Attack the Monsters in Vera, uh, Virus's Destroy All Planets. Um, I kind of wish they would have included those just for the sake of, you know, keeping it in line, which I also understand why they didn't. It was compression. You know, they didn't want to ruin the picture. Yeah. And those what the, and those are what they call the Sandy Frank dubs, correct? Um, so the Sandy Frank dubs are not the ones found on the AI TV versions. Okay. Um, those were done by a company called, uh, Oh, what was it? Um, it wasn't, I don't think it was Titeria. It might've been, I don't remember. Um, mm. but basically what it happened or what happened is when the films were sent off to the America, to international markets, AIP pictures 
picked it up and put it on their television subdivision, AITV, um, and they conducted their own dubs. And those were what was most commonly found until the late 80s when Sandy Frank um, acquired the rights, redubbed them, um, and put them out on VHS, Laserdisc, and eventually Mystery Science Theater. Right. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I don't, I haven't checked out all of those dubs just yet. Um, but I, I do know that I think for both Virus and Guiron, they go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, which unfortunately that is on purpose. Um, the same thing happened with the Mill Creek Ultraman set, the original okay. stuff. Okay. Um, which was whenever they edited out footage, it went to the Japanese, uh, language, which okay. I think is jarring myself. Yeah, I I thought it was really jarring myself because I'm sitting there watching the film and then sort of the the battle between Space Gauss and Giron comes on and it switches to Japanese audio and I'm thinking what I'm thinking like what the heck's going on here. Uh so it, I I figured it had to be something in the original dubbing of that movie. Mm-hmm. Now, if you watch the Sandy Frank dub, I believe that's all intact. Um, I'm pretty sure they recorded it in its full capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want a complete dub, that's the way you'll have to go. I know James Flower contemplated on, especially during that scene, uh, g- reverting to the Sandy Frank dub, but they said it would have been too jarring for the language, for the voices to change that they just decided let's just convert it to Japanese. So they understand like it wasn't a dubbing issue. It was just, they didn't okay. put it in. That, that's smart. Uh, so Elijah, what are some of your favorite features of this set? <sighs> that's a great question. <laughs> um, obviously I think it's clear. I love the commentaries for a lot of these films. Um, the commentaries I think are great. I love the essay booklet. I love that thing so oh, yeah, much. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, I read part of the article, the Fangoria article on the Heisei trilogy before we got onto this recording. I was, I was reading through it. Um, and I'm so impressed by some of the content in this, uh, in this booklet, I would like, as I'm watching through some of these films, I'm reading sort of the little synopsis and the backstory to these films beforehand to give myself context, because I don't know a whole, like I'm, I'm well-versed in Godzilla. I'm not a whole lot in Gamera. So it, it helps to have this little compendium here beside me while I'm watching these movies. Right. Um, and I actually did the exact same thing. <laughs> um, I, I read while watching the movie. It, it, it felt right. It just felt right mm-hmm. to learn the movie while watching it. Right. Yeah. Um, for sure. And yeah, I, I love that in the uh, the illustrations. I really love Zetus's for the evil eye and evil brain, like little. Oh yeah. I, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. I love that. Yeah, it's just it's just wonderful. Um, probably one of my favorite features. Talking a little bit here about the comic, um, I I'm just now getting into comics, like mm-hmm. just now. And I know it, it sounds odd uh, because a lot of us have been comic book fans for for many years at this point. But for me, it was never something I was super interested in. So uh, recently, I started reading through some of the Dark Horse Godzilla comics and sort of the and the um, IDW Godzilla comics, the ones that are done by Matt Frank, the Rulers of Earth, and. Uh, reading through some of these comics for the Gamera series, I read The Last Hope the other night, which is the prequel comic never that has not had an English uh, translation up to this point in the set, and it was super interesting. Like I, I read it right before I uh, uh, put on Guardian of the Universe, and 
Yeah, it, and all and from and I, I love how this comic sort of foreshadowed everything, even up to Iris. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was super, super interesting. You know, the artwork is beautiful. Um, the we'll talk. I'm sure let's let's talk a little bit. Like, well, while we're here, let's talk about sort of the the restorations on the Heisei trilogy. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it off uh, off off cast just a few minutes ago about how wonderful of a job arrow did with those mm-hmm. oh yeah the those transfers are beautiful i'm very happy uh Kaidua gave arrow the 4k remasters to put out on the set um now is it true before i get before we get a little bit deeper here i know a lot of folks have asked me i know i would i know i could ask you and you would give me an accurate answer is it true 4k or is it just upscaled 1080p this is so what we got is technically a downscale. Um, those Gamera in, it also includes Gamera the Brave. It's the Heisei Trilogy and Brave. Those are true 4K remasters done by Kaidoa, um a few years ago. Um, okay. However, we're watching them on Blu-ray discs, right? So what we're watching is a downscaled 4K remaster, which still looks beautiful. Um, right. Yeah. Do you, they, and honestly, I don't see us getting 4K discs ever. I, I really don't. Um, but it is. They are beautiful. I, I I cannot believe that we were privileged to get these remasters for these films. Um, now, unfortunately, the um, Japanese versions of all of the Showa films were the transfers from Mill Creek, um, except Mill Creek just took the transfers, threw them on the disc, and sent them out like they do with everything. Um, mm. But Arrow, uh, working with Japanese films prior, Arrow knew um, Japanese transfers, typically the black lighting is off. It's usually too dark. It's it usually ten, from from some of the some some films that I've watched, it tends to lean a little bit more brown, like washed out, mm-hmm. like like really washed out black, sort of more brown than black. Mm-hmm. Um, so what Arrow did is they went in and color corrected all of the films um, to that vibrant color. Um, an example I like to give is I want to say it was in Gaios. There's a scene where Gamera's under the water in the arrow set. It's all bright green. You know, it's it's very vibrant. Right, and then yeah. in the Mill Creek set, it's more brownish, you know, mm-hmm. darker. Um, yeah, that's the that's the copy that I remember watching when Travis and I reviewed it was it was a, the colors weren't as vibrant. They weren't they were a little bit washed out. Um so, so yeah, I can tell that they put a ton of work into this and just sort of going back on sort of the, the things that I wish were done a little bit better. Although the original Gamera film, um, the invincible or Gamera, the, is it Gamera? The giant monster is the Japanese title. Yes. Um, I will say that there is a lot of contrast in that movie where it's black and it, it and that's sort of, the nature of black and white anyway, but I feel like it was really hard to see certain parts of the film because it was just a, maybe just a little bit too saturated. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything just looked a little like all the whites looked blown up or blown out a little bit to me. Right. And the black and the blacks maybe looked a little bit too black. Uh, but that's just sort of, it's still a really well done film. It's still a, a beautiful film. In fact, it's, uh, it's on par, if not better than what Mill Creek has done with the ultra Q series. Um, but it, that's just a little nitpick for me where the original Gamera film from 65 just uh, looked a little bit too saturated. Yeah. And I can definitely see that it is a little brighter than it probably should be. Um, but overall, I do, I do have to say, and I know you agree with this. These the films have never looked this good. 
Oh no, 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 no. They have not. I remember, uh, we were in, when we were in Kaiju quarantine, this last one, um, I think what did we watch gear on? Yes. We, we watched gear on. Okay. So that, that render looked, we, we were all sort of talking about like, where did Rob get that? It looks really, really good. It had to been pulled from the mill Creek, mm-hmm. but I will say when I watched uh gear on last night, it looks fantastic. Oh yeah. Um, and one, another thing, speaking of remasters, uh, if you own any like 50 movie sci-fi box set, you've mm-hmm. seen the English versions, Gamera the Invincible, uh, Destroy right. All Monster, Destroy All Planets, all that, um, all the AI versions. Right. right. The transfers look awful, but when I watched the remasters of mm. them on this set, uh, especially War of the Mon. That's it. War of the Monsters. That's Barugan. <laughs> um, I knew you'd get there eventually because I couldn't. I couldn't think of it. I couldn't think of it, so I can't say much. But uh. Uh, it, this always happens. It just pops in my head when I'm talking about something completely different. Um, but the remaster, especially for War of the Monsters, um, and I might, I, if I can find a photo, I'll send it to you. But the version that we've had in circulation for over a decade compared to this one, it looks like a kid like chewed it up. And that's what we're watching is a chewed up version in this arrow set one. Um, it is, I'm trying to think of the word to describe it. Um, phenomenal. We'll go with phenomenal. <laughs> that's a that's as good a, that's as good a word as any to use. <laughs> so we've talked a little bit about sort of comparing it to past releases. So before we move on to the next sort of talking point, is there anything in this set that was maybe shown off in past releases that we didn't get that you wish we would have? Um. So, personally speaking, there's nothing that this set had that the others didn't that I wish they did. Um, And the set included all of the major points I think they should have included from past releases. Um, I've made a commitment to this, and I've actually finished my commitment. Um, But I went out and I tried to find everything Arrow missed, because I like being that one... Um, Badinsky, as I like to call myself whenever I'm like this, that is right. like, you missed this. Um, I'm not going to really condemn them because the stuff they missed was so minor. Um, mm. so they missed, you wanted to, you wanted to go in into full elitist, uh, Kaiju fan mode. Oh is yeah. What you wanted to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, which when it came to that, the only stuff they didn't include was at least on the disc um was the movie program for gamma versus barugan um positive thing the scans of it on the shout factory disc you can't read them or look at them they're so blurry so it's not really a loss if you can't even use the disc you have to look at it true that's true yeah um but that's and then the only other thing on discs, I'll get to why I'm specifically pointing out on discs, was in 2003, ADV released the Gamera Trilogy on DVD for the first time. Mm-hmm. And when they did that, they did a 13-minute Lake Texacana dub. That okay. had some alternate takes, some background noises, you know, Um and the one we got on the Arrow set was the full-on 2004 dub. Um, so we're missing those two special features. If you really care about them, you can buy both releases for like 10 bucks now, I think. Um, but it's nothing, what, what I'm hearing you say, it's nothing that you're going to be missing. brokenhearted. You're, yeah, it's nothing you're going to be super brokenhearted about not having right. in this set. Right. Okay. 
Um, and then on the Giant Monster and Barugan DVDs, if you have this, and I know not everybody does, um, there is booklets that came with both of these releases. Um, the mm. Giant Monster booklet had a two-page retrospective from the director. Oh, yeah. I remember you uh, You talked about this. You mm-hmm. talked about this in a group chat. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, which it's not major, but it's kind of cool. Um, yeah. And I really wish we could have got those in the essay because, you know, it's just another little tidbit. Um, mm. Mm. And then in the Barugan DVD, we had a retrospective from one of the returning actors sure um and then outside of that we they didn't include this but this is probably because they didn't want to touch it um elvira uh did a showing of gamma super monster and we didn't get the elvira clips um oh, okay you can get that i can see on- i can sort of see why but yeah it's probably it's uh a lot of probably copyright and red tape right yeah um, which if you want that and same with the MST three K gamer sets. And I asked James flower himself, um, why they didn't include the MST three K stuff. And he said, shout did it. Perfect. We we're not going to, mm-hmm. we're going to let shout do that. We'll work mm-hmm. on the actual films. They do their stuff. Okay. Um, so if you want either of those, the Elvira disc is like 12 bucks and um, little news here. I know we aren't supposed to talk about news, but I'll kind of throw this out there. Sure. The Shout Factory Gamma versus MST3K DVD, which was which has been out of print for years, is back in print. Mm. It's probably oh, thanks okay. to Aero Video. It is currently probably. fifty dollars plus tax and shipping. All right, send me a link to that, and I'll add it to the show notes to this All to this right. episode. I will do so. Um, so. Everything that is actually important is mm-hmm. easily available, and that is partly to thank Arrow for. Um, right. So I don't feel like we've missed out on anything with right. this set. You know, we we have we may not have every single little obscure, minute thing available associated with Gamera, but what we got is more than good enough. Right. We, we honestly, we couldn't ask for more, I think. Which sort of, which is a good segue because my last uh, talking point I want us to discuss uh, for a little bit is why this set is so important. So, Elijah, in your opinion, I mean, you're a huge kaiju and tokusatsu fan. You've been that way. You've been a fan for years now at this point. Same with me. Why do you think that this this particular release is so important? Um, I'm actually, I've got quite a few points here. I'll kind of limit it to like three or four. Um, sure. So the first one, and I'm going to single Matt Frank out here. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> um, Matt Frank's artwork in this set is so amazing. Um, I would say this is his best artwork he's ever done for Kaiju. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that is a huge, that's an important part to this set is Matt Frank proved that he is really good. Um, If you give him the proper tools, he can put out beautiful artwork. Right. And from what I understand too, cause I've, I, I've watched interviews with Matt and I've listened to interviews with Matt where he talks about this set, basically arrow and Katakawa said, just go crazy with it. Just do what you got to do and just be Matt Frank, do the artwork you do. And I'm sure it's going to look great. They gave him creative freedom to do pretty, pretty much whatever he wanted from what I understand. Yeah. Um, which I'm really happy they did because Matt did not disappoint. Um, and like I mentioned before, Matt kind of proved here, you put him on a DVD Blu-ray release, he's going to do his best. Um, mm-hmm. I really want him to work on, like if Arrow gets the high state Godzilla 
series. I want them to put Matt on that. Matt would do amazing. Oh, boy. Oh, that would be so beautiful because he just Oh man, I know this is this is not a this is not about Godzilla, but I, mean, I just need to say this for a second. He just released this um, beautiful piece of artwork. It was a it's a um, um, God, a lith is no 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 the the, the lith the lithmograph uh, the lithmograph. I hope I'm saying that correctly. If I'm not, I'm sorry. Uh, a, like a, 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 a seventeen by eleven print and. Uh, a formatted version for an eight disc mm-hmm. Blu-ray uh, case that goes along with the Showa the the Showa set from Criterion, mm-hmm. and my God, it's beautiful. I ordered I ordered a copy for myself, so it should be here. Hopefully, it's going to be here today. Um, but I really want Matt to do the the Godzilla Heisei series. If Arrow is able to do that, I don't know about licensing. I don't know who owns those licenses. I think Sony still does. But I if 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 it was ever going to come up for Arrow to be able to do it, please have Matt Frank do the artwork because he knocked it out of the park with this camera set. Oh yeah. Um so yeah, I, I think this was very important for Matt, not only to prove himself, but to grow as a person. Um and I'm really excited to see what he does in the future. Um, this set, I, I I really hope people like uh, like I said, like another high say box set or whatever. I want them to look at Matt and they're like, he's not just a comic book artist. He can actually do really good artwork for box sets. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, so I think that's a huge point um, for Matt. Um, I also think this is important for, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, which I feel awful because I know we weren't supposed to go this far, but I had a feeling I was going to get into monologues and I am. (laughs) No, it's been good. It's been fine. Um, this, I, I, I asked, uh, I, I'm James flower probably hates my guts now because I keep asking him questions. Um, <laughs> but I asked him, is Arrow happy with this set? And Because personally, if Arrow's happy with this set, I'm thrilled. Um, that was what I was really worried about is, is Arrow going to be happy with this set? Uh, can we expect more? Those were the two major things I was focused on. And uh, James Flowers said, yes, Arrow is happy, and yes, you can expect more. Um, we've already got – they've revealed officially Warning from Space, and he revealed that they've got Invisible Man Appears and Invisible Man versus the Human Fly coming out in early 2021, mm-hmm. um, which those two, first time both of those have been officially in the United States, amazing, beautiful, really excited. Would you venture to say that you would rather see Arrow do something with, say, some of the older, more more obscure Toho films like uh, Rodan, War of the Gargantua? Well, they're not obscure because you know fans love them, but War of the Gargantuas, Rodan. I know Criterion still has those. They but they've not put out any media aside from what's on their channel about those things. Would mm-hmm. you want to see Arrow tackle? more Toho films instead of sort of the more obscure genre stuff? I'm fine with leaving Criterion with the kaiju films because eventually they're going to release something really, really good. It's just we got to wait. So I'm fine with that, but I feel like Criterion could not do what Arrow would do with those, um, like I listed off, Matango, H-Man, all that. Um, mm-hmm. and the good thing about those is other than H-Man, all of those are up for grabs. So Arrow could easily license those. And then Arrow could go to Sony with H-Man and say, we want this, how much? And maybe they could get that licensed. Um, I, I see a lot of potential with furthering the Japanese cinema with Arrow. Right. Because we've we're, we've talked about it before on this podcast. I've talked about it on my show. 
that we're sort of in the middle of this renaissance, this resurgence of kaiju film and Japan and genre film in general uh, within the mainstream audience. Uh, I feel like it. I feel like it sort of started with Shank with. Um, Sorry, with uh, 2014, and then it's only gotten more and more. It's only ramped up more and more over the past few years. Mm-hmm. So we're sort of at the. I don't. I don't want to say we're at the height of that, but we are at a very distinct peak in this point of like kaiju history or mm-hmm. the, a point of this fandom in general, like people who are fans of this genre. So. To me, this set is all the like going sort of going beyond sort of the the technical achievements that Arrow, Matt, and all the people that worked on this set have gone in that have that have brought to us in this set. This set is important simply because it puts Gamera in front of more fans that maybe would not have given. Uh, him or this franchise a chance right um and that's ex- that's very true and i'm really excited for that standard set because of this um my theory is not many i i don't know uh, new fans i guess you could say um were able to get this set um and i feel bad because everybody deserves this set um mm-hmm. it's a really good set and I'm happy that Arrow is going to try their hardest to get something out by the end of the year, um, right? For everybody. Yeah, and you know they'll mass produce that one, right? Like, whereas this one, maybe eight thousand copies. Um, you know, you're looking at probably twice that, if mm-hmm. not more, with a standard release, because all they're doing is just replicating discs at this point, and then probably uh, they'll do something similar to what they did with, or with what, what Mill Creek did with each Ultraman release, where they give you like a little booklet with a little, with a synopsis of each film, and you know, kind of go from there. But you know, we're we're not going to get like the comic book and the mm-hmm. retrospective essay book and stuff like that. We're not going to get that with a standard release. But you're right. I'm excited for the standard release. I probably, I mean, I won't be picking that up because I've got this set, but still yet I'm excited for the fact that it's coming and it has been confirmed that it is coming. Just not, not, we're not sure exactly when they're shooting what you said for the, for the end of the year. Am I correct? Um, So from what I've been able to gather, it'll come out between November and February of next, of this year slash next year. That's okay. Well, I mean, that's still that's still not a lot of time to wait, though, because it's what it's at the end, it's at the end of August at, at the time of this recording. Uh, we're almost into September, you know, September, October, November, and then December, and then to the holiday season. It's not a long. T- if they decide, if they get us, if they get it out to the to the uh, to their to the fans, there we go. If they get it out to them or if they get it out to us by, say, February, January, February, I mean, that's still a pretty good turnaround, right? right. It's only just a, a handful of months at that point. And yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm excited for the folks like uh, Travis and, and some others that maybe missed out on the, the actual, uh, this set we got, this first run. Uh, that maybe they don't necessarily, I mean, the, maybe they don't necessarily care about the book or they don't necessarily care about the comic book. Maybe they have copies of the Dark Horse comics and they don't really care about that stuff and they just want really good remasters of those films. Those are the people that I'm really excited for that standard set for. Yeah, definitely. I don't want them to rush for the folks that are going to be able to get this set for the folks that that set is for. I want those people to have the best possible experience that they possibly. I want them to have the same spirit experience with this films or these films that we, that you and I have had so far with this, this first run, this first release. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, and real quick, I do want to do some rumor control uh, as we discuss um, this upcoming standard release. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Arrow Video has never really done DVDs. So never, don't expect DVD releases. Those aren't happening. Um, I will guarantee that right now. 
And the other one is don't expect 4K releases because they just started that. And when it comes to Tokusatsu, it's not proven to be financially successful anywhere. In, not in Japan, not in America, not proven. Um, mm. The Godzilla films in 4K are television only. Um, 2014 doesn't have a 4K remaster. King of the Monsters, yet. Very true, yet. Um, King of the Monsters and Shin Godzilla 98 are the only ones to have physical media 4Ks. Mm-hmm. And that's also because they're the most widely available. Um, so don't expect Arrow to announce a 4K set of the High State Trilogy anytime soon. Right. Um, right. So that was, that was the two things I wanted to do. Little rumor control on. Um, and that's fair. That's fair because I've heard all those rumors too. I, I've heard just sort of all that and the only thing like about like we're talking sort of because we don't have any information about a arrow releasing a heisei trilogy for godzilla that's just this is all just speculative at this point Mm -hmm. this is basically us wish listing those things but if they did it would be fantastic we would love it and we would probably do and we would probably do a bonus episode just like this one and talk about it as well um but Elijah, first of all, I want to thank you for having this conversation with me. I'm, it was a really fun one. Uh, it was, I know it was sort of spur of the moment for us. Uh, I literally said, Hey, you want to do a bonus episode? Uh, like two days, I think it was like two days ago when I asked you and you were more than willing and able to hop on with me and discuss this fantastic set. If you haven't, uh, noticed by now, uh, Elijah and I both love what we've gotten and we're excited for what Arrow will put out in the future. So, Elijah, before we get out of here, do you want to go ahead and plug all your stuff? Just give us the full rundown of where we can find you and everything that you're going to be involved in. Sure. Um, so uh, as mentioned at the beginning of this, I host a podcast called Kaiju Conversation. Um, it should be coming out of its dormant state very soon. It's just scheduling people now. Um, we have a YouTube channel. Um, a Discord server, a Teespring store that's not ready at all, but if you want to check it out, you can. Um, mm-hmm. I have a YouTube channel called ET13 Productions. I also have a Twitter and Instagram for those. Um, my Instagram is mainly for figure photography. I've also been kind of dormant on that lately, but that's going to start back up. Twitter, I just post a bunch of random stuff. Um, same with YouTube. Um, Yeah, and uh, please, um, I'm going to plug somebody else here, but please check out, uh, if you're listening to this, Michael's podcast. I know he's probably going to link it, but it's a lot of fun, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, We're also, uh, going back to my podcast, we're on Twitter and Instagram as well, both Kaiju Conversation. Um, And when this episode comes out, this will be out. But um, since we've discussed the Gamera set, and I think, Michael, I don't know if you had time to read it, I'm publishing an article uh, that when I created it, I thought mentally, gee, how could I write an article to make James Flower wish he could have got me on the Gamera set to write this? It is a Mm -hmm. full history of Gamera on home video in the United States, starting with the VHSs, Laserdiscs, um, there's no Betamax, CED, or Super 8, so just VHS and Laserdisc. Um, okay. All the way to the present and future Arrow releases. Um, sure. And I'm really proud of that. That should be coming out soon. Um, you can probably find that on my Twitter page. Um, okay. Uh, is that the only place you're going to be able to find it, or are you going to be um, publishing that somewhere else? Um, so it will be available on GodzillaMovies.com. Um, that's the website it'll be available on. Um, if you've been in this fandom for any amount of time, you've probably heard that about that site, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but I'm really proud of it. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun to type up. Um, as I've kind of said, I have spent a long, long time researching every DVD, VHS, 
CED, LaserDisc, Super 8, HD DVD, Betamax, 4K Blu-ray. I'm obsessed. I think you name it, you probably have it in your collection. Probably. In fact, I just got my first Betamax uh, Godzilla versus Mothra uh, 64. Oh boy. Okay. Um, I, you know, after saying that, I think we can confirm this has actually been a story arc of me learning. It's an obsession. It's not collecting <laughs> or hoarding. It's an obsession. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I'm amassing sort of a, a small, a, a pretty uh, respectable uh, DVD Blu-ray collection myself. Uh, but I don't go as deep into it with, uh, I don't go as deep into it as you do, man. I mean, more power to you. I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing more photos of your collection. But before we get out of here, I want to uh, just thank everybody for listening and for sharing this episode with your friends. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, we are at Kaiju Weekly and Kaiju Groupie Pod. Uh, I'm also at the Kaiju Groupie on Instagram. Uh, Travis is at Kaiju Weekly Pod on Instagram. You can follow us there. Uh, all the links to our social media as well as the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group are going to be in the description. Uh, you can send questions, comments, or answers to any of the trivia questions from past episodes, or you can just leave us a comment on this about this episode and send your questions for us and Elijah. Uh, send those to kaijuweekly at gmail.com. I want to give a big thank you to our to Alex, Sheger, and Thorax for supporting us on Patreon. You can also support the podcast on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash kaijuweeklypod. And also, I do want to mention if you uh, one other way you can uh, support the podcast is by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star review. Uh, I, as I always say, please criticize us, comment about us all you want to, but make it five stars worth. And we promise we will read your feedback on a future episode. And what that's going to do is that's going to put this show in front of other Kaiju and Tokusatsu fans, just like you and just like Elijah here. So... Before we get out of here, again, thank you so much, Elijah, for joining us. I'm sure we'll see you again soon. And thank you, audio listener, for joining us. Yeah.